Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about everything and anything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at nurse.org. Now, on today's show, um, I think it's a little bit of an interesting twist because, you know, we're always talking about growing your clinical ladder and, you know, things that you were doing at the bedside, different job opportunities. Now, I think what we're going to be talking about today, I have excellent guests who's going to be joining me, by the way, uh, we're going to talk about career development, enhancing support. I don't know really exactly what to call it, but I just know it wasn't there when I went to school, guys. It really wasn't. So um, without further ado, let me just bring her on to the show so we can I can better explain what I'm talking about here. Um, please welcome to the show. We have Kimberly Gordon. She's a nurse and the co-founder of Healing Politics. Listen, she has an accounting and background. Um, she's going to talk to us about her experience with government relations. Um, she's going to talk to us about perhaps some of her journey and background and how it's helped her and molded her and gotten her to a place where she thought that this would be a great idea, which I think it is as well, um, to help nurses who are interested in entering politics. So please welcome to the show, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. Thanks so much. And the cool thing about this show is I get to talk to so many interesting people, see so many different opportunities and pathways in nursing, some that many of us hadn't even considered. So before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because while you're a co-founder of Healing Politics, you are a nurse yourself, and our listeners love to hear about nurses and their journey. So can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Absolutely. I was an accountant before I was a nurse, as you said. Um, I found accounting very unrewarding as a career and was really interested in healthcare and happened upon nursing by accident. I took as a second degree adult student going back for getting prerequisites for a healthcare something. I took an intro to nursing course. And from that moment, I was absolutely hooked on it. I felt like this is what I need to be doing. This is where I can make a difference in my community and society. And I had no idea at that point what robust and unique and varying profession that nursing is. So I graduate from nursing school with another bachelor's degree. I went to work immediately in an intensive care unit at a small community hospital here in North Carolina, and then was tapped for management because of my business background. I didn't enjoy that at all. So I decided to go back to school and obtain a master's degree and uh, became a certified registered nurse anesthetist. So I did that and it was, I have been working as a CRNA for, oh gosh, I'm embarrassed to say probably 15 years now. 
And in that time period, I have become much more involved in the advocacy side of nursing. So from the moment that I graduated, actually from the moment I was in nursing school originally, I belonged to the National Student Nurses Association, was active in our chapter at my university. But when I graduated, instantly active in the American Nurses Association, the North Carolina Nurses Association, because I realized what an impact our state and federal legislature has on our practice, which is crazy when you think about it. So when I went back to get my master's degree, it was even more important when we were talking about APRN issues, scope of practice, and it really hypercharged my involvement in national politics at that point. After the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010, that pretty much made everything grind to a halt at the federal level, and I became more involved again at the state level. So I had become president of the North Carolina Association of Nurse Anesthetists at that point, and we were working with our APRN legislative group to get a modernization bill passed. That was in 2015, the first time that it was introduced, and we're still working on it. But in 2016, I was approached by a colleague who threw her hat in the ring to run for elected office. And she called me up one day and said, will you run my campaign? And she'd never run for office before, mind you. And I had certainly never managed a campaign. But we were both colleagues and very involved in advocacy at the state and federal level. So of course, I'm like, sure, of course, I'll run your campaign. So we embarked on a four-month primary campaign for a North Carolina state house seat. And we lost. We lost really badly. We had no idea what we were doing. We were building the plane as we were flying it. But we learned a lot. And that was about how much nurses aren't involved in politics, how much they should be involved, and that they need to understand that they can be involved. So we decided to go to Yale to get our DNPs, and we went together. My colleague did a project looking at campaign schools. I did a project looking at interviewing nurses who'd run for elected office. And we brought those projects together to do a third project, which I like to call my co-founder, Lisa. She was our advisor I like to call her DNP project because she was so instrumental in even throwing the idea out that we could create a campaign school for nurses. So we did. That was our third DNP project. And the Yale School of Nursing, Dean Ann Kurth, was incredibly supportive of this innovative idea. She had agreed to pilot it there. And this was in 2020. (laughs) So... We were set and ready to go in May of 2020. Of course, the pandemic put the kibosh on that. But when we graduated, Lisa, my advisor, and I decided we just couldn't let it go. We really wanted to pursue this area of nursing that's pretty uncommon and nobody really thinks about. So we formed Healing Politics, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan educational organization. Our mission, Inspire, Motivate, recruit and train nurses and midwives to run for elected office up and down the ballot while building a culture of civic engagement within the professions. Wow, that is an amazing story. And I have to say, there's some similarities in it. I find myself in the stories that you're telling as well. So when you mentioned 
you know, you were an accountant previously. I didn't have my heart set out to become a nurse when I was, you know, in high, high school, getting ready to graduate and all those things. I wanted to be an accountant too. I wanted to count money. I wanted to be around money and things like that. I know guys, listen, but I, I still have, I love nursing now, just know that. But, you know, so it's interesting how different experiences or exposures will draw us into nursing as you were. But I really think that even though I took some accounting classes, guys, so just know that. I really think that those accounting classes and that experience prior to nursing actually did me so much. I mean, were so helpful to my career. I didn't know that, you know, entering to nursing, you think I'm going to take care of people, you know, give medications, treatments, you know, wellness. That's the focus. Who knew that that financial literacy background, that accounting, and guys, there's other things. People, you know, they go into law, those type of things. All of those experiences actually can make us better nurses. And it really took the blindfolds off of my my eyes to see, oh, I can do this, 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 and this. And I was kind of operating blindly, just like, oh, I'm passionate about this. Advocacy. You said advocacy. Nurses, we are big patient advocates. And you saw, Kimberly, not only the opportunity to advocate for our patients, but you saw discrepancies in our profession, things that could be improved. You saw that, hey, nurses aren't even managing our own scope of practice. What's going on with this? And you identified a need. And as you said, I was building, we were building the plane while we were flying it. So really wasn't sure what to do, but you took steps. And I really admire that. Guys, there's lots of nuggets in her stories. I mean, it sounds like you got involved in your professional nursing organizations. Would you say that was somewhat of an introduction to politics as well? Because I feel like I've learned some of my most major lessons with how to navigate, how to be a manager, how to work on projects, ad hoc committees, and all of these things for my professional organizations. Do you think the same way? I mean, would you advise nurses who are wanting to grow and make changes outside of just the bedside to join a professional nursing organization to kind of prime them for a program like yourselves? Undoubtedly. Alice, undoubtedly. It is so important. I was never involved in my professional organization as an accountant. I hope that Dr. Weinstein isn't listening, one of my accounting professors, but I just wasn't. I wasn't involved. But as soon as I got into nursing and understood how the Nurse Practice Act, the Board of Nursing and Licensure, that was so important to for all nurses to understand about our practice. But then when we think about our patients and our communities, it is incredibly important to get that advocacy piece from our professional organizations because they're helping us understand not just what affects us. And this, I think, differentiates nurses from almost any other professional group. That when we are in an office advocating, it's not just for nurses and our profession. It's very much for our communities and our patients because that's what we do every day at the bedside. So when we're thinking about, I can remember back and I I ask nurses all the time, think about when you discharged your first homeless patient, your first patient who was unhoused. That was a surgical patient for me. I knew that this man was never going to come back to get his stitches out um, he didn't have access to health care. He had an emergency appendectomy. But that already tells me about our education system in my community, maybe our transportation system, because maybe he didn't, we don't have great public transportation to get him from one place to the other. He was unhoused. What sort of social services did we have to connect him with at that time? 
Or what kind of affordable housing do we have in our communities? And here in the triad in North Carolina, that has been a known issue for decades, affordable housing. Those are all things that I know as a nurse, but nurses don't think about that. I mean, we are experts in the social determinants of health, not because we read and study policy journals, but because we take care of patients and their families. So combining that bedside experience with joining a professional organization and seeing what your collective voice can do and what your collective voice is working on is so crucial to anything you do in nursing. For example, when I I belong to multiple professional organizations, specialty organizations and the American Nurses Association, but when you read about um, a big policy being debated or legislation on the Hill in Washington, D.C., they're talking to the ANA and they're talking to the AMA, the American Medical Association, the American Nurses Association. And without all of our voices, how could they possibly be speaking for all of us? There are 4.3 million of us. And the amount of people that belong to their professional organization is it's just It's terrible for nurses. But if they really understood what those organizations are doing and what they can help you do with leadership development, if advocacy isn't your thing, maybe education is, there are all of these different aspects that you can find role models and common ground in a professional organization. You don't join for just one thing. You get all of these things with it, along with this bigger network of nursing. And right now, post-COVID, that comes with a big collective voice, which we desperately need. I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, I'm a member of the American Nurses Association as well. I've been a long time and I've been on the board here in California. You're right. Not enough nurses are members of the ANA so, and there lacks the diversity. So when they go to represent us on a particular issue, sometimes nurses, they'll complain like, I, that's, you know, I feel like X, Y, and Z. Well, if you're not a member, if you're not contributing, if you're not making your voice heard, it's hard for them to represent all nurses on issues. And I will also say that, you know, being a part of a professional nursing organization is important, but there are other health-related wellness, science, like there's so many other organizations out there that aren't necessarily nursing organizations, but impact our profession and the care that our patients receive, especially when they leave the hospital and they're out in the in the community. That's public health, guys. It's still part of, you know, it's still part of what we do is caring for patients. We care about what happens with them at home. As a matter of fact, we want them to stay at home, right? We want to work ourselves out of a job. So Kimberly and I were kind of pre-chatting before the actual interview, but I was telling her that in my course, my profession, guys, over 24 years now, I kind of was following my passions, not really sure of what I was doing. I didn't really have a mentor, but I felt like some of the stuff I was doing was quote unquote political, or at least people made it seem like what I was doing is political because it wasn't just the direct patient care, but it was influencing um, and educating others about important issues and topics and why certain practices or laws or legislation should be in place to improve care. So here I am doing this, not really know that I'm doing this, but I did an advocacy program with ANA and then went on to volunteer with the American Heart Association. And I became the first nurse to chair the Multicultural and Health equity committee over 10 states, <laughs> impacting over 6.5 million people, the programs. And I had no idea. Well, I, I'm not going to say I didn't know I was doing, but I just knew I was a nurse. I was passionate and I knew certain things needed to be in place to make change. 
And that was kind of my introduction to politics. And then I started doing the same thing with AARP. And, you know, those agencies have arms where they're lobbying for bills. And then I found myself at events talking about the importance of certain propositions. And I just found myself kind of in this space that nursing school didn't really prepare me for, but I knew was important. So so now I kind of want to segue into your the program that you guys have, because I feel like this is something, guys, I don't want to slap anything else in nursing school. I get it. You guys already feel like there's a lot in nursing school, but this is so important. I think this, what you guys have developed is something that's going to be crucial as we move forward because the pandemic really kind of unveiled so many disparities in in our healthcare system and nurses, I believe are the solution, but we don't all have know what to do, Kimberly. So you guys have, you know, healing politics. You talked a little bit about it. How can a nurse get started? Is, are there prerequisites or things that they need to have in place before they can apply for this program? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, like the logistics of it. Like, let's say I have a nurse in Ohio, one in Florida, one in California, and another one upstate New York. How can we all be a part of this program? We're chatting at a great time, not only in the bigger picture post-COVID and healthcare and what we know about healthcare now, but also in our organization. In May of this year, we are going to hold that in-person campaign school that we planned oh so many years ago before the pandemic. And we are holding that in North Carolina at Polis Center for Politics, which is part of Duke University. They're hosting, they're giving us the space for us, Healing Politics, to hold this campaign school. And that will be happening from May 24th to 27th. We're going to bring 50 nurses from all over the United States together to train them about working on a campaign, running for office, or managing a campaign. All three of those, we're we're going to cover all of that um, in, in the campaign school, which is why we're calling it a campaign school instead of a candidate school. But Looking at the bigger picture, and I want to piggyback on what you were talking about with nursing organizations are incredibly important. That's the floor. I mean, that's just like the basic level that we should all be starting from. But what you're talking about, that community involvement, is so important because now, post-COVID, the general public has seen what we do. I think beforehand, they loved a nurse. Everybody loves a nurse. We're the most trusted profession for 21 years, which is fantastic. But if you ask somebody, what does a nurse do? They would have no clue. But with your work in AARP and AHA, think about all of the people that you've reached. And I bet they would sit back and say, I had no idea about the expertise of nurses. I had no idea that they knew so much about their communities, about hospitals, about the health system. They're not just holding hands of patients all day, following physicians' orders. They are, this is a profession with expertise and knowledge to share. And people are shocked by that. Less so now post-COVID, which is why I really believe that this is the time that we need to be doing this. We've talked about advocacy in nursing for decades, at least since the 1960s. But now taking that ability and moving it inside. So instead of influencing the person who's voting yes or no, we should be the ones voting yes or no. That's a very important role for nursing because, first of all, we're not there. It's lawyers, business people, and politicians that sit in state legislatures, not nurses, not any other healthcare provider. 
And those are the people that are making these decisions about public policy and about healthcare. So if you think about the laws that we have right now and how narrow they are, it's because they're being made from the perspective of business law and politics. There's nothing wrong with that. Those perspectives are important, but they can't be the only perspectives or we get what we have right now, which we saw during COVID, what a mess our healthcare system really is, and some of our public policy. Anybody who's ever sat in their unit and said, I could do this better, or this is a silly law, or I don't believe in this regulation, we have the ability to change that. And so we are going to help nurses do that. So speaking about the campaign school specifically, there are no prerequisites for it because there are no prerequisites to be a elected official. We would love for nurses to belong to their professional organizations like we talked about before, simply because it gives them that basis and advocacy so they kind of understand levels of government and whatnot. But you don't need that. What you need is the fire in your belly to say, I have something to offer here. I can change this. I can make this better, not just for me as a nurse, but for my community, for my patients, for my hospital. And that is so very powerful. And we all have the ability to do that. Now, when we're talking about training nurses, we would love for the next Lauren Underwood to come from our campaign school. We would love to have, we've never had a nurse in the U.S. Senate in this country. We'd love to have the first nurse in the U.S. Senate that we train. But what we're really focusing on are local and state level positions that nurses, we're not wealthy, we're not, we don't make millions of dollars and we can't finance our own campaigns. But if you have a pair of tennis shoes and the ability to knock on doors and talk to people, you can be elected to the school board. So school nurses, who knows school schools better than school nurses along with their communities? We can be on city council. We can be county council members. We can be on the library board. We could be on the Parks and Recreation Committee. There's so many things that we're capable of doing and having input. We don't have to run for Congress. And those are all things that we can make we can help make decisions in our communities and widen that perspective and representation. I think that's a great idea because we think of, you know, the big players here like Lauren Underwood, Eddie Johnson, Corey Bush. They're nurses who are congresswomen, three nurses who've been there. Now, you don't necessarily have to run for a major office like that. You don't have to run for governor. So we're not asking you to run for president yet. We're going to have a nurse who's a president one day. And there's so many of us. We are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. Could you imagine if we strategically had nurses in even some of the, the quote unquote, local, smaller or local or state offices, how much of an influence they, this could be? And I'll say this. Uh, when I was doing work with AARP and American Heart Association, oftentimes the only nurse, there might have been another physician there, but as the only nurse, and I spoke up on issues, people were shocked. They're like, oh, really? And even though you know physicians and nurses were in healthcare, we look at things differently. And I felt like I had so much to offer and it, it was the best experience ever. I mean, AARP sent me back and forth to Washington over a year learning the idiosyncrasies, the Affordable Care Act inside and out before the health exchanges opened so I could speak. And I actually went to town halls with different congressmen throughout the state of California talking about the importance of healthcare. Um, but to see a nurse in that position and the influence that that, you know, makes, I, I felt like, I feel like I've been primed for your program, Kimberly. I don't know. This might be, this was like divine intervention here for us to meet, talk today. But I think there's so much that nurses can do. So it's just, we didn't, 
I didn't know. I didn't know what I could do or how to do it. It seemed so overwhelming. I didn't know where to start. Um, when you think of politics, you don't think of nurses right away. In fact, sometimes nurses are, stay out of the politics, just take care of the patient. Like we're told things like that. So to know that there are other nurses who are like-minded, have the same interests, this is a great time and place to network with those people because we are so much stronger in numbers. Iron sharpens iron. So can you imagine getting all of these nurses in your program? I'm so excited already. And the ideas that are going to flow all of the creativity that's going to happen, the mentoring that's going to happen. This is really great. And I think you've, you've maybe touched on it before, but nurses are uniquely qualified to run for elected office because of our experience, our knowledge, and our training. But I'm going to ask this, Kimberly, because it's, it's really great. I'm excited. I'm getting charged up. I'm sure our listeners are getting charged up. Sometimes there are barriers that we might not be thinking right away because we're just excited about the change we're going to make. What are some anticipated barriers that someone might encounter as they're looking, you know, they're going to go through your program, get this great training, mentorship, develop this network, but just to prepare, right? We want to prepare for things. What are some barriers or some obstacles that we might encounter in this pursuit of running for uh, an elected office? That is such a good question because I bet as we're sitting here talking, there are nurses that are like, well, I could never do this because of X or I could never do this because of Y. And that is at Healing Politics, what we are, that we're working on those things right there, that negative talk more so than the perception rather than the reality, the perception I could never do this versus the reality that absolutely you can, because we have 68 people doing it in state Senate and state legislatures right now who are young people, who are moms, who have full-time jobs, and they're able to do this. But I will say that from my project at Yale, I and the interviews of the nurses that we did, fundraising was the biggest barrier because we love, we love to help people. We'll be the first people to volunteer to help. And we hate asking for help. And we don't even do it in our units, let alone in our personal lives. So they really had a big barrier to overcome asking people for their support and their money. So we do drill down a lot on this in our campaign school. It is part of our, it's a big part of our campaign school. And we are unique in that we are just for nurses and midwives. This is, this was created out of literature and information that we gathered from nurses and midwives who've run for office to see how they overcame these barriers. So we are working on, not only are we going to have lectures, we're going to have small group breakouts about this. We're going to have simulation activities. All of our, in the campaign school, all of the meals are included. So the tuition that we charge includes all of your meals because we're going to be working from breakfast until dinner. And so some of those dinners will be simulated campaign events. We're going to teach you how to work a room, how to network, how to ask people for money. We have panels of nurse legislators that can talk about their experience. And these are all nurses who have either been home health nurses and they were going door to door, helping patients. They worked in hospitals. Some were APRNs. We have nurses that were nurses. Um, They're not independently wealthy. They didn't write a check for their campaign. So these are all people who have overcome these very same barriers that you're going to be with and talking to. But they're going to help us learn how 
to fundraise, learn how to knock on a door. Nurses are great listeners and we're wonderful communicators. But if you asked a nurse about knocking on doors and talking to constituents or voters, they'd probably freak out. But when they when you think about it, if they walk into a room or you walk into a code, what's the first thing you do? You start gathering information and you're listening and you're doing and you're or the first time that you meet a patient in an office, you're gathering information, you're looking at cues, you're getting all of this data and processing it so quickly. It's no different with a voter than it is a patient. And if it helps, you could think about these voters as, and the community as your patient that you are advocating for. So we are really going to take the mystique out of running for office and make you comfortable doing it, which is also why we're looking at those down ballot races. School board meetings are held in the evenings, county council and city council meetings. These are things that you can do around work. And it will also help kind of bring your, your unit or your nursing community together because you may need to have somebody work for you so you can attend an event. And then now you're pulling that other nurse in and they're becoming more civically engaged. And now they understand why it's so important to have a nurse and have her or his voice out there. And I have a good example for this. Karinas Reyes is assembly member in New York. She represents part of the Bronx. And she's been there. She was there through COVID. She's an oncology nurse by training. And so she would always go back and work in her oncology unit a couple of times you know, a month when they weren't in session in Albany. But during COVID, she, you know, obviously legislature closes down, everybody's social distancing and doing things via Zoom. She goes back to work full-time in her nursing unit to help take care of COVID patients. And of course, we remember New York City was ground zero for all of this when it started, New York City and, and Seattle. But New York City is where we saw the huge impact because of the demographics and the location and the, the compactness of that city. So she went back and saw that they didn't have PPE. Nurses were wearing garbage bags. Nurses didn't have masks. They didn't have, in those first days, saw everything they needed. And so as they're meeting in the evenings on Zoom, she's like, guys, we need to look at this. These are laws that we need to pass. So we are never in this situation again. And we're not putting nurses and other healthcare workers in this situation now. So she got to actually advocate for not just her community, but her unit and her hospital and her profession by saying, these are the things that I'm seeing and we have to fix them and we can fix them right now. And she did. She passed multiple laws to make sure that our patients and our practitioners were safer. So that was an instantaneous um, benefit of having a nurse in a hospital who was also a legislator and could do something about what was happening. That is a great example and gosh, I know she had so much insight. She was truly the authoritative figure uh, when it came to that topic. And again, not just for her safety or, you know, just nurses, but for the public as well, right? Because wearing PPE, all of it is to protect us. It's to prevent the spread of, you know, potentially infectious diseases. So that's a really great example. And I can't wait to hear more examples about this, Kimberly, because I'm, you know, I'm really leaning towards it, looking at this program and saying, hey, I might find myself in North Carolina attending this because I think if anything, this is information that is not readily available anywhere else. You can't just go on Google and find this on a YouTube search or anything like you guys have really put a lot of time and effort brought together. I mean, it, obviously, it's evidence based so much and it's designed for nurses 
to become elected officials. So I think this is really great, guys. You guys really should check this out. I know you're in nursing school or perhaps you're getting ready to start for NCLEX, but please keep this on your radar because although I'm sure that this program is going to be sold out with a waiting list, I'm hopeful that this is something that's going to con- continue annually or even several times a year, Kimberly, because it's something very, very needed. So I want to applaud you and the other co-founders for creating something like this. Guys, aren't nurses wonderful innovators? I mean, we identified a a problem and we come up with a solution. Also, another reason why nurses would make great elected officials, guys, we're good at this kind of stuff. How many of y'all have ever had a problem with a, a tube feeding or an IV or a something, something, and you figured it out? You just like, okay, well, let me do this, this, and this, and voila. We're great problem solvers. And I think we're also very caring people and we look at people holistically. And as you said earlier, think of the community as your patient. Um, and I think that those are really words to live by. So Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us about healing politics. Where can people go to find out more information about the program? We have a website. It's healing-politics.org. So I invite everybody to come and take a look because The thing about this is that that civic engagement piece, that last part of our mission statement is just as important. There are 4.3 million of us and we're not all going to run for office, but the 4.29999 million that don't run for office can help the people that do run for office. And it's so important. Um, So we have monthly virtual events. We have a monthly newsletter that we put out you can sign up for. And again, this isn't just for people who want to run for office. It's for people who really want to help improve their communities and the public policy that we're all governed by and helping nurses wherever they are um, get elected to office. I think that's so important. And for those of you who are listening and say, you know, I really want to do this, but, you know, there obviously there's a cost associated with it. Don't feel like you always have to shoulder the burden of the cost yourselves. If you're, especially if this is you've already been doing community work, advocacy work, you're part of your professional nursing organization. Go to your professional nursing organization. Go to that particular group, even if it's not a nursing group. Go to like I would go to AARP or American Heart Association and say, "Look, I'm a nurse who's really interested in making it, helping to make a big difference in the community. I know that politics is a part of this. Here's a great program, and share the you know the mission, vision, the objectives." And perhaps, listen, guys, closed mouths don't get fed. And this will this will be an early pre-work exercise about asking for money, you know? And I really think that there are people out there who maybe it's not their lot in life to do this type of work, but they want to support others who do want to do this type of work. So please don't be afraid to ask. I mean, you'll, there's tuition reimbursement at work, professional nursing organizations, your groups. If you're volunteering, especially, I mean, you're giving of yourself, it doesn't take too much to ask. So let them invest in you. Let this be the gift that keeps on giving because you're going to go to this program and you're going to rock it. You are going to make so much even more of a difference and support those who do run for office if you're, if you're not the person who runs for office. So thanks so much, Kimberly. Good luck to you and the program. I can't wait to see this really growing and growing. I'm imagining in my head how important this is. And really one day I do hope a nurse runs for president. I really, really do. I, I know it's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen, and they're going to come from healing politics, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And shout out to nurse.org who um, makes the podcast possible. They are a wonderful website and organization. 
just a, a real social support. I'm just going to say family and friends of nurses. They love nurses so much. So make sure to visit the website at nurse.org. And by the way, there's also an article on the website about healing politics if you're a reader and also want to read information there. But there's tons of other great information. Please follow them on all socials. I'm Alice. I love chatting with you guys. If you have any questions or comments about today's show or future shows, please don't hesitate to email me at nursealice at nurse.org. We'd love to hear your comments or your questions or your suggestions. And then also you can text us or leave a voicemail at 725-910-9676. This show really is for nurses and other healthcare providers. We really want to provide a safe space and place for education, politics, information, things that are trending. If it's happening and it's impacting nurses and the care that we provide, we got to talk about it. We want to know about it. So thanks so much for tuning in and share the podcast with a friend, a colleague, a classmate, your manager, anyone who you think will be helped by this information. Until next time, please make good choices, be kind to one another and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.